All right, everybody, welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Today is Thursday, April 2nd, 2020. I am your host, Detroit sports writer Nolan Bianchi, here today, as always, with longtime Red Wings fan Ethan Smith. Hey. How's it going, pal? Phenomenal. I'm healthy still. As far as you know, you could be asymptomatic. Uh, let's, let's, let's drop that negativity, though, because we got a really exciting episode for you guys today. We are continuing on with the round of 32 for our uh, tournament to figure out the greatest, most influential, coolest, whatever you want to call it, Red Wing of all time. And as always, for this tournament, we're joined by Sergio Colchester, friend of the program, emotional heartbeat of this podcast at times. Uh, Sergio, welcome back to the show. Boys, I'm so excited to be here. This is literally the only thing I've had to look forward to for a week. Excellent. Well, we're excited to have you. We got, uh, so the way this is going to work, we got eight matchups today, eight matchups tomorrow, pushing everybody through to the Sweet 16. We're going to have some uh, hearts broken. We're going to have some uh, dreams come true. We're going to have it all. Uh, let's, let's just jump right into it. We got it because we got eight matchups to do today. So first up, we have the number one seed in the tournament, Steve Eiserman, against the number 33, just on the outside looking in. Uh, of a top eight seed, and that's Peter Klima. Next, let's start arguing <laughs> about stuff. <laughs> All right, so Steve I Eisman. listen. I just want to say, <laughs> props to Peter Klima. Who would have thought? Whoever would have thought Peter Klima would be here, like second round of the tournament, even staring into the eyes of Steve Eiserman. Good yeah, for he, him, man. My dad. The, my dad will be proud. He's the uh, UMBC of this tournament you know he, he yeah well actually Happy it wasn't that there. dramatic of an upset but it was a pretty good upset he beat red kelly in the first round somebody's names in the rafters and quite frankly i'd never really uh i didn't know anything about peter klima before we started this so i'm happy for him frankly we got a lot of we got a lot of brushback for the uh elimination of red kelly but i feel like we're we're being sort of exonerated here because there was no chance he was going to take down Steve Eiserman anyway. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So this one, uh, the, the next matchup, this is the one I've been looking forward to all day, frankly. Uh, it's the number 17, Darren McCarty. against the number 16, Mickey Redmond. Sergio, we'll, we'll let you go first. Mickey Redmond was the first Red Wing to ever score 50 goals. Um, not only that, he's the third player in NHL history to have back-to-back 50-goal seasons when he scored 50-51 the next year. Um, so right there, we have some serious credentials as a Red Wing, as a hockey player in the 70s. Um, he was, you know, we, we summarily dismissed um, Frank Mahavlich <laughs> on the pod last week. But it should be mentioned that Frank Mahavlich was the trade bait that brought Mickey Redwing to, you know what? There we go, Mickey Redwing, that got us Mickey Redwing, uh, <laughs> and uh, he, he came and he How played is that for not the a thing for, already? I don't know, but I just made it a thing. That was uh, and that was a legitimate, that was a legitimate just like slip of the tongue. I, I had not thought about Off that before. You know, Mickey was, you know, a 50-goal scorer, played six seasons for the Wings before his, his, his playing career was ended at the age of 28 due to a back injury. And then shortly thereafter, 
started his broadcasting career, which is the reason why we find ourselves in the second round uh, with Mickey Redmond going up against Aaron McCarty. Boys, Mickey Redmond is the single greatest okay, – I did that last week too. He is the second greatest broadcaster in, this, in the history of the city of Detroit, and I don't think that that is remotely disputable. He's been around for going on three decades as the Red Wings color commentator. His personality is beloved by millions. Um, he is the grandfather that all of us wish we had, um, even though I had two great grandfathers. He's also a great theoretical, hypothetical grandfather. Um, his Mickeyisms are iconic. His personality uh, makes Red Wings broadcast so entertaining. Um, he's just as big of a part of many people's love for the game of hockey and for the Detroit Red Wings as anybody that w has worn that winged wheel in the last three decades, um, including Darren McCarty, who I absolutely love from the bottom of my heart. That breakaway goal in game four against the Flyers that won the cup was among my five greatest sports moments in my life. Uh, but I'm going Mickey Redmond because he is a pillar of Red Wings history and the experience of Red Wings hockey. That's beautiful. All right, Ethan, let me ask you a question. Have you ever heard of a man named John O'Grodnick? No. Wait a second. We can't be taking whether Ethan has heard of people as any. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. He's the same hold on. guy that had never heard of Red Kelly. Yeah, but that's, that's different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you had your piece. Come on, you're a man of the court. You should respect my time. John O'Grodnick played in the 80s. Red Kelly, Norm Allman, those guys were 30s, 40s, 50s players. It's understandable that he didn't know those names. I think to a certain degree. But John O'Grodnick was the second Red Wing to score 50 goals in a season. He put up 55 in the 1985 season. And, I mean, could you make a case for him going on to the Sweet 16 for that reason alone? I don't think so. I will not dispute that Mickey Redmond is, is without a doubt, just a pillar of the Red Wings community. But when you look at it on its face, Darren McCarty won four cups as a player. He had the game-winning goal in the 1997 Stanley Cup Final to break – a 42-year cup drought, and earlier that year, he was the catalyst in igniting one of the greatest rivalries in all of sports. Uh, finally, was well, he the settled the score? Settled the score, but also that was it was a score that needed to be settled because to that point, the Red Wings were the little brother of the Colorado Avalanche. That was the day we had John Neal on this podcast last week. He said that that was the day that everything changed for the Red Wings. And the next thing you know, they win in '97. That later that year, they win the next year in '98. They win in '02. They win in '08. And Darren McCarty is there through all of it. This man was. Red Wings hockey. He was a blue collar guy. He was the guy that the fans identified with. He represented the city of Detroit and not only with the way that he played the game, but with the moments that he came through in that helped create the Red Wings dynasty that we know and love. Okay. After they won the cup in 2008, uh, in like Chris Draper ran like a, you know, like a kid's camp at Troy sports and I was a goalie a couple years older, and I was helping them out and uh, got a bunch of sick autographs in my picture with the cup. That was a lot of fun. But uh, McCarty and Draper were setting up, like, early skate, like, Wisconsin drill, which is just go down 
all the way down the ice, pick up a puck, come all the way back, shoot on the goal. It's like a warming up drill. And McCarty comes in and he fakes a shot and he tries to like stuff it backhand and like 12 year old me, like stone McCarty who wasn't even trying. And then everybody's like, Oh, and then McCarty turns around and looks at me with his jaw on the ground and just points at me. And it was, that's the reason why he's winning this round. It's one of my favorite memories as a kid. I can't accept this. Uh, Mickey Redman, Mickey Redman. There's a, there's a real, he should have been in the final four. Uh, I, I, I guess I, I respect Jesus, really? you guys. Takes, I'm sorry, but, uh, Mickey Redman, Mickey Redman is Redman's hockey, and and no one will change my mind. Well, that's too bad because he's, uh, he's he's out he's of the out. second round. Uh, up next, we have the number <laughs> number nine overall versus number twenty four overall. Sergio, uh, it's oh sorry, number nine overall. Brennan Shanahan versus number twenty four. Jack Adams, Sergio, we'll, we'll kick it to you first. I don't think that this is close. I mean, listen, Jack Adams is a huge, is a major figure in in hockey history, let alone Red Wings history. Uh, you know, he was the architect of the early Red Wings dynasties and and, and the success that they had. The NHL's best coach of the year award is literally named after him. Uh, that being said, Brendan Shanahan is an absolute stud of a human being. Um, you yep. just spent all this time talking about how Darren McCarty was the catalyst that got the wings over the hump to win the 97 Cup. Boy, Darren McCarty was not the catalyst that got the wings over the hump. Brendan Shanahan coming over here and uh, and lighting the lamp over and over and over again with his beautiful blue eyes was the catalyst that put the Red Wings over the top and got us not only a Stanley Cup in 1997, but another Stanley Cup in 1998 and led to, you know, unfathomable success. Uh, You know, I'll save my more glowing praise of of Brendan Shanahan for uh, the later rounds when, when these, uh, when he's up against somebody that I think uh, th- there's more of a warrants a deeper conversation. Yeah, warrants a deeper conversation. But I can't see Ethan going against me on this one. I'm going Brett and Shanahan. Ethan, what do you got? Um, the video of Patrick Waugh skating down the ice to confront McCarty, who's pounding on Claude the Mew, and then out of nowhere, Brendan Shanahan just like RKO's him to the ground. It's, it's one of my favorite videos I've ever seen in that rivalry. And because of that, I'm going with Brendan Shanahan. There you go. Hey, there hey, you hey, go. I, I have another point. I have another point. If I showed you guys a lineup of pictures of who Jack Adams is and what he looks like, you guys could not point this out to me. You guys, it, it, he, he was born in 1897. All right, so Brennan Shanahan's moving on to the next round. Up next, we have a number two seed, eight overall, Mr. I, Mike Illich, uh, against number 25 overall, Dominic Hasek. Ethan, we'll start with you. Um, I'm very grateful for what this individual has done for the game. Um, I'm very grateful for the inspiration he is he's given our city. Um, 
Ethan, if you do this, I will never look at you the same. I, I won't either. I will I will never look at you the same. I haven't said a name. <laughs> <sighs> All right. <laughs> but don't so do I'm, it. Don't, don't do it. You guys nervous. Don't, don't. Ethan, don't do it. <clears throat> I'm pleading so, with you. <laughs> you know, one of the guys, one of these guys, you could say, you know, he was the pillar on a, on the team that needed him. I'm just bullshitting now. I'm picking Mr. I. This is I'm just being ridiculous. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Dominic Kosick, he was like he he was here for two cups, but like he got benched during the second one. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, and, and, like prime Dominic Kosick, fun, Don't get me wrong. Possibly top five goaltender ever, but at the end of the he's day, a Buffalo should, Saber. He's a Buffalo he's a Saber. Buffalo Saber. But he this flipped Marion Gabrick. He did do that. that was oh, sick. shut up, Ethan. This is a bigger <laughs> blowout than, than Iserman over Klima. This is the biggest <laughs> blowout in the tournament. Yeah, it is. All right, up next, we have number five overall versus number 28 overall. Uh, it's Pavel Datsuk versus Brett Hall. I think this is another pretty obvious one. The Magic Man uh, is going to get my vote. He played his entire career with the Red Wings, although I guess if you want to say now, he, he technically finished as an Arizona Coyote, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, thanks, Ken. Um, yeah, it's, it's Pavel Datsuk. Nobody has made me feel, as somebody who was born in 96 and primarily remembers the Red Wings for what went on between 2002 and beyond, uh, I don't know if there's a hockey player who made me feel more inside than Pavel Datsuk. But Brett Hall, I mean, a great player, but again, he's, he's not a Red Wing. He's a star. Yeah, no. Yeah. Or, a, or a blue or, you know, combination of the two, but yeah. Sergio, what what's it's, your vote here? Um. Well, it's 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 interesting that they end up being matched up together. Uh, you know, the original line mates on the two kids in a mm-hmm. goat line yep. with with the with the storied Boyd Devereaux. Um, so <laughs> I used to love Boyd Devereaux. <laughs> It's it, it's fun that uh, that Datsuk gets to be the one that takes Brett Hull out. Um, I I, I want to point to as we watch Brett Hull go, you know, in the the DVD uh, after the celebratory DVD after the the Red Wings won the 2002 Cup. I, I, I alluded to this in last week's podcast. Brett Hull just said the coolest thing. He said they, they said in the locker room, Brett Hull just came out and said, man, who has more fun than the Red Wings? Mm-hmm. And I, you, I think about that whenever I think about those, those late 90s, 2000s Red Wings, it must have been just such an absolute riot to be on those teams. They, they, they just won all the time. They had the puck in the offensive zone all the time. It was just a constant party. It, it was, it was, there was, you know, I don't know – you, everybody that's played sports, you know what it's like when you when you're blowing somebody out. It's just there's no feeling like it. Just the sheer yeah, and, uh, and exuberance and 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 I think Brett Holt really personified that. Um, buddies are St. Louis Blue and Pavel Datsuk is one of the greatest to ever lace up the skates. Next, we got a number twelve overall in Scotty Bowman versus number twenty one overall. And Chris Draper, uh, Sergio, we'll start with you on this one. There's no brainer. It's uh, Scotty Bowman. Yeah, let's I argue. If about I need to have else. any, if I need to, if, if I need to say anything else, yeah. uh, Draper, 
Draper. Uh, Let's say guy. some nice things about you know, Chris Draper. Uh, he he pretty much took the bullet uh, to start the the Red Wings Avalanche rivalry. He was here for four cups. You know, like we mentioned last week with Kurt Maltby, that doesn't always necessarily mean much. Uh, he was a he was a depth guy for uh, especially the later years. You know, the grind line, all that other good stuff. But yeah, I think when you you break it down at the end of the day, none of those cups from '97 to 2002 are possible uh, if they don't bring in Scotty Bowman, in my opinion. Oh, Scotty Bowman is. Uh... I'm willing to bet not even just yeah like with the red wings just in nhl history if there wasn't already a goddamn trophy named the jack adams trophy i guarantee <laughs> you be named the scotty calling bowman it trophy. the scotty bowman trophy <laughs> you're absolutely oh, right no no question whatsoever no question whatsoever draper right. needs to be said great great penalty killer mm-hmm. yeah absolutely great uh, penalty killer you know who probably turned him into a great penalty killer? Darren Helm. Scotty Bowman. No, I think it was Darren Helm. Probably playing with Darren Helm in like 2008. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, we got two matchups left for today. Uh, be sure to subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Red Wings. We got some great feedback on the listeners poll last week. It was really enjoyable. Uh, so hope to do that again as this tournament progresses. But up now we have the number 13 overall, Henrik Zetterberg versus number 20 overall, Thomas Holmstrom. Uh, I'll start with this one. I think it's Henrik Zetterberg. I know Sergio has some sort of weird uh, – you know, it's not a dislike per not se, weird. an undervaluing of Henrik Zetterberg. Um, I think that's me, a good but, word for it. Uh, it's it's bugging me because I, I literally just in the last week, I can't remember who said it. Uh, actually, I'll, I'll come back to it in a second. But there, I, I think that Henrik Zetterberg is maybe the one of the more underrated players in Red Wings history because I – feel like a lot of people feel the way that Sergio does because he wasn't on the highlight reels. Um, you know, he was never leading the team in goals uh, or very rarely the, the years he was, was when in 2016, when he pretty much had a broken back. Uh, he, he carried that team uh, in the later years. He was a captain of the Detroit Red Wings. He won a con Smythe. Uh, to me, it's, it's Henrik Zetterberg. Well, let me just step in. I, I, I don't, think uh, I undervalue Henrik Zetterberg. I, I, I love Henrik Zetterberg. He's a great Red Wing. Henrik Zetterberg is Steve Eiserman if Steve Eiserman never won the Cup. Um, he was a great leader. He was a great Red Wing. He was a part of a lot of very, very, very good teams. Um, but for uh, one team that he was not the captain of, uh, in 2008 and not necessarily I think even one of the the three best players on uh that won the Stanley Cup Henrik Zetterberg he won the fantastic Red Wing. he did win the Conn Smythe but Nicholas Lidstrom was on that team Pavel Dabsuk was on that team okay and Chris Osgood was on that team but he had the biggest oh, impact <laughs> had the biggest impact <laughs> but, but uh, listen, he won, he won a Cosmos, and, and he certainly deserved that Cosmos, even though Chris Osgood won eight straight games in uh, the second and third rounds of the playoffs that year. Um, but after that, his career during his prime was a little bit underwhelming. The Red Wings teams through uh, from 2010 
to, let's say, 2016, those were always contending teams that, that seemed to be missing something. And one of those things that those teams always were missing was, um, A, great goal scoring uh, and, you know, being split up from Pavel Datsuk for, for most of that time. Zetterberg really struggled to put the puck in the net. He had 337 career goals for somebody that played, you know, 15, 16, 17 years in the NHL. Uh, that's not a – I respect what he did in, in the defensive end. I respect the things that – the little things that Henrik Zetterberg did that helped the team win. But Steve Eiserman is a 700-goal scorer. Uh, Henrik Zetterberg is not – is not bad. And, and Steve Eiserman was just as good defensively. You know who else is just as okay. good defensively? Pavel Dotsu. All right. I, I'm before Ethan makes his uh, Ethan casts his vote here. I'm going to make a rebuttal to some of those things. Wayne Gretzky. Have you ever heard of him? You guys, yes. you guys ever heard of him? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky once called Henrik Zetterberg quote probably the most underrated player in the entire league. Now that was before the Conn Smythe and the Stanley Cup. I don't know how you can hold the the his the Red Wings credentials while he was the captain against him because the fact that he was carrying those teams like does like he was still carrying those teams that it's not a testament to what he did as a captain of the Red Wings and we even mentioned last week there's a possibility an argument could be made that Mike Babcock possibly held some of those teams back he's a legendary coach Went through all of those, uh, you know, won a ton of games for the Red Wings, won the Cup in 08, took them to the Cup final in 09. Uh, but, you know, Steve Eiserman had the benefit of being coached by Scotty Bowman. Henrik Zetterberg did Well, not. that's fine, Nolan, but, this, but, but then this comes down to what's your definition of, like, what are we determining here in this bracket? The greatest exactly. Red Wings. It's vague for, and, for and, a reason. And, and that tells me, and, and, and when I think about that, I look at somebody that played for the Red Wings for 17 years, won four Stanley Cups, and definitely has etched out space as an iconic character, playing in front of the net, doing the dirty work, screening the goalie, deflecting pucks up high better than anybody has ever done it in the history of the game of hockey, and that's Tomas Holmstrom. Um, he is... Uh, you know, for for as much love as we as we shower on on Henrik Zetterberg, I I mean, who's a more likable Red Wing than Tomas Holmstrom? Just here for for 17 years, uh, you know, always finding his way to score goals on the power play, really changing the way that the Red Wings operated offensively, using the boards, um, screening the goalie, running things from the point, um. Look, Henrik Zetterberg, much better hockey player than, than Tomas Holmstrom. But one of those guys has four Stanley Cups, and one of those guys has one Stanley Cup, and I think the defining characteristic of Henrik Zetterberg's career is disappointment. Because, oh, my God. You know, that's, that's ridiculous. So, that's, that's, that's sickening. Ethan, because, I'm, because I'm done. Here. No, I'm done. You're done. You're done. You're done. You're done. Your I'm time's going, over. I'm going to Tomas Holmstrom. Your time's over. Good Ethan, for what you. Do you got? Okay. <laughs> In the second, the second to the last year, Zetterberg was on the Red Wings. He was a plus fifteen, and the only player with more than forty points, and the t- on a team that was a minus thirty-three goal differential. 
That's how good that guy was. With a broken back. Did not did not practice once in the last two years of his career. Guy I think you guys sick. are letting your judgment be clouded by those last two years of his career. Because I love Henrik Federberg for those. No, no, no. If you talk to me in 2013, <laughs> then then I have a lot of negative stuff to say about Henrik Zetterberg because those early teams, Red Wings teams, that constantly went out in the first and second round of the playoffs, they couldn't put the puck in the net. And one of the reasons they couldn't is because their highest paid player and their captain and their superstar was somebody that just, you know, couldn't get it done. Could he, he had that's, almost that's a point so per game slanderous. his entire career. That's I can't I can't. Thomas Holmstrom could hardly stick handle or skate. <laughs> Four cups, baby. All right, please, please, please put this to bed. Please put this to bed, Ethan. Zetterberg. All right, uh, last one. We we should probably do this one pretty quickly. That one last one took us a long time, and this will be something that's that's done pretty quickly. It's Todd Bertuzzi, uh, number twenty nine overall against number four overall, Nicholas Lidstrom. It's Nicholas Lidstrom for me, a variety of reasons. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Go ahead and do the ceremonial send-off for Todd Bertuzzi because this one's a, this one's a no-brainer. Todd Bertuzzi carried those, those early teams, Red Wings teams, and put the oh puck in the net I'm when so, Henry Federer couldn't shut do up, it. Shut up, shut up. This is not about this. I'm so done with you. Oh Todd Bertuzzi, though, in terms of a character in Red Wings history, Todd Bertuzzi is, is an elite character in Red Wings history. He gave us that the, the iconic – uh, the the two fingers at Setaguchi with the toothless mouth of uh, you're you're dead. Uh, to me, that is something that's an iconic gif or video or whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's sad to see him go. Todd Bertuzzi should have went to jail. Todd Bertuzzi should have went to jail. Okay, his career should have been over and he should have went to jail. And then he had to come here. Uh, Nicholas that's Lindstrom. Funny. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and on that note, uh, we're going to wrap up this Thursday edition of the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We hope you guys enjoyed uh, the first half of the round of 32. Be sure to check back in tomorrow morning uh, as we continue out and fill out the bottom half of our bracket. Some very, very good discussions today, boys. I was, uh, I was pretty pleased. Same. Besides, Max, besides Sergio's hate for the guy with the best beard ever in the NHL. That's true, too. And just a great head of hair. Uh, all right, yeah. I think, I think that's pretty much it for it. Follow us at LO underscore Red Wings uh, as well. Like I said, we're going to continue to do the listeners poll. And then if you haven't already, please go back to yesterday's episode and check out that Red Wings Rewind with Terry Foster. I think it was one of the better episodes that we've done so far and our 50th episode. So happy anniversary to us. Oh, no way. Yeah. Uh, we'll sorry, see you guys tomorrow. Heard. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Sorry, hey, he doesn't forgive you. It's, it's not okay. It's not okay. We'll see you guys. I love you, Henrik. Shut up. Flatten the curve, boys.